Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Uh, thank all of you so much for being here. Man, I am in the holiday spirit this year. I really am. I'm so excited about the holidays and Christmas and uh, especially being with my family, uh, immediate and extended family over the holidays. And it probably doesn't hurt that it's um, 66 degrees and sunny today in Tennessee, which is extremely unusual uh, for Tennessee. It's just gorgeous. But um, anyway, uh, thank all of you for being here. We are honored every single week uh, by your presence. Um, yeah, it's a strange title today, first, cra first Grade Career Day. Let me tell you where that comes from. Um, during, when I did my uh, year-long uh, doctoral internship when I was getting my PhD in psychology. Part of my internship was in Metro Nashville Public Schools. Uh, one of my specialties in my PhD was psychometrics, which is uh, doing all sorts of uh, testing, interpreting of tests, and then doing uh, counseling with uh, kids, their parents, and people regarding the outcome of those tests and problems that they are going through that the tests were uh, administered to to help give some insight into and, and, and maybe a possible solution. Well, uh, during that internship, I probably worked in 15 or 20 different um, schools in the Nashville area from preschool all the way up to uh, high school, and especially when I worked with uh, kindergartens and elementary school, uh, I was able to observe and even take part in a number of career days, and those were always lots of fun, and I don't think I ever was a part of one of those where I didn't feel like I had some insight into my own life from what happened at that career day. And it got to be almost kind of a game with me because after about six or eight of those, they became very predictable to me, okay? And what 
was predictable to me were what what six-year-olds value, what is important to them, and what's not important to them for the most part. Now, I'm not saying this is absolute black and white. You know, some of it depends on the way they're raised. Uh, I guess I'm talking about the average six-year-old, if there is such a thing. Um, but it was so interesting to me because, you know, you could have uh, some millionaire guy come in there who most of us adults would think, oh, man, I wish I was that guy. He's got four houses and all these cars and, you know, does all this, you know, he can do anything he wants to do. He can go on these incredible vacations and stuff like that. But to six-year-olds, that guy was totally boring. I mean, they didn't care anything about that, you know. Um, uh, in Nashville, we had uh, country music stars come in. And that was sort of cool to them, but it wasn't cool to them because, at least at that time, now this was years ago, this might be a little bit different today, but at that time years ago, the reason the country music star was cool to them wasn't because they made lots of money and lived in a great big house or, or anything like that. They liked the music. The country music star would come in with their guitar and maybe even a backup person or two, and they would sing a couple of songs, maybe even make up a song for the six-year-olds, all right, and get them singing along or clapping, and they would bring in, you know, get, maybe, uh, I remember one person gave them tambourines to shake while they sang the song, and, and it was just loads of fun. But that's what was cool to the six-year-olds, not all the money they made or the fame, uh, they thought pilots were really cool because they could fly this great big airplane. One of the most popular uh, speakers that I observed at Career Day was a guy that worked construction. He didn't own the construction company. He just worked construction, you know. And, and to most of us, we would think, oh, well, well, you know, I've got a lot better job than that guy. And maybe you do as far as the money you made, but the kids thought it was super cool that he actually built things and that he would walk out on that scaffold and, and you know, talk to him about how that could be scary at times and how you make concrete and how the concrete makes the basketball court in their backyard and, and things like that. Um, they loved firemen. And the firemen would come in in their fireman suit and tell them about fires and how you put out fires and things like that. They liked doctors and nurses who would bring in their stethoscopes and listen to their heartbeat. And they didn't care that the doctor made lots of money. That wasn't why they liked them. They thought it was cool that they helped people, all right? And if you get, if you get sick in this kind of way, here's what we would do to help you, you know? And uh, and that sort of thing. And so I, I, I take notes all the time. I've done it for years. In fact, my, my family will tell you, and they'll start laughing or rolling their eyes about it, all the times going back 25 years in our family when I would say, hang on a minute, I'll be right back. I've got to write something down or I'm going to lose it, Okay. And, uh, and, and that's where a lot of these spiritual laws of nature came from, 
all right, um, and, and some of the other ideas and things that we've done at the Healing Codes. But I was always taking notes at this career day, and to me, it came down to just a very few things that six-year-olds valued, okay? And I think this is very important for us to take a look at because I think what they value is kind of what comes natural for all of us. And then in the course of growing up and, 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 and changing and having money issues become a big pressure to us and then all the sexuality comes starts playing a part in our lives in adolescence and, and, and all that sort of thing. And then there's the competition for achievement and all that sort of thing. Maybe, just possibly, we kind of lose some of our basic values that we're born with and that, and that we're meant to carry, carry throughout our life and not lose. And I'm not talking about, you know, wanting to eat bags of candy every day, okay? Not talking about that stuff. But the things that we value in life. Now, before I go there, I, I want to go two other places. Um, there was a basketball coach who lived a number of years ago named uh, Jim Valvano. And he uh, coached at North Carolina State University, won the national championship one year, and uh, was diagnosed with very serious cancer and died at an early age. And before he died, uh, he and ESPN set up the Valvano Foundation for Cancer Research. And about uh, on the anniversary of his death every year, they replay the speech he gave many years ago when he was deathly ill about what he thought was really important in life and what wasn't. And he talked about about some of these same things and how cancer, you know, he said, guys, I don't have much time. I don't have any more time to waste. And then he started talking about what was really important to him. And it was three things. And it really impressed me. And I watched that whole speech again this year as they replayed it again. And here's what he said. Uh, and he said, I try to do all three of these things every day. He said, laugh, laugh a little bit, find something funny, something humorous, something that, that, that lights up your heart and your face, all right? Number two, cry a little bit. Talk about, read something. Or, or, or just go in your mind and heart to a place that touches you every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. And number three, learn something that, that you didn't know. And he said, if I can do those three things every day, and, and, and of course the, um, the laughing and crying, involve relationship with other people, which he talked a lot about, too, that that's really what's important in life. But he said, if I can laugh, if I can cry and learn something new every day, it's been a really great day. And, you know, I think he's right. And, but on the other hand, where do we tend to focus as adults who are trying to get ahead, who are trying to 
uh, accumulate wealth or preserve our wealth or figure out a way to get some wealth, all right? Well, I think we get I think we get caught into three different patches of quicksand in our life. And it's the actions and behavior category of the healing codes. Okay? And it's three things. It's unhealthy desire of the five senses. Okay? And that includes um, sexual things. That includes food and drink. It includes uh, laying around on the couch instead of working. It includes four to six hours a night of television instead of spending time with your children or people that you care about or going on a, on a walk or reading a good book or all of the above uh, on the same night or different nights, all right? So I think as we grow older and pain and pleasure hits, we, number one, Look for unhealthy desires of the five senses. Number two, unhealthy desires related to stuff, usually stuff that money can buy. Houses, cars, clothes, toys, bigger and better this, a newer that, the latest this or that, all right? And then thirdly, unhealthy prideful desires where we try to manipulate what other people think of us and how they think of us and how they see us, whether it's really true or not, whether we're really like that behind closed doors, whether we're really like that inside of ourselves, in our heart or not, I want people to think good things about me, say good things about me. A lot of people I know want people to envy them, all right, et cetera, et cetera. So I believe those are the three areas of quicksand, and you can get stuck for the rest of your life in any one of them. You can get stuck in unhealthy desires of the five senses. Uh, with with a myriad of addictions related to the five senses. And that's where most of the addictions are. You can get stuck in relation to way, way overvaluing stuff that money can buy and accumulating more and bigger and better stuff in your life. And I know so many people, ladies and gentlemen, that are stuck in relation to money. It has become a god to them. And that's true of unhealthy desires of the five senses, too. And the third one, the other patch of quicksand, unhealthy prideful desires, where I become consumed not with being good, necessarily, or being kind, necessarily, but with being perceived as good. Or kind. And let me tell you, that will absolutely eat your lunch over time as far as your internal health and happiness goes. If you are one thing on the inside, one thing behind closed doors, and another thing on the outside and outside of those doors, it'll rip you apart in a hundred different ways all at the same time. 
Okay? You're living in disharmony with yourself. Okay? So, what do we do about it? Well, I think one thing that really helps is getting back to our six-year-old values. What is fun? What is courageous? What makes a difference in the lives of other people? What is, what is kind and helpful? What is loving? What is peaceful? What is joyful? What am I called to do in my life? Let me get off the couch at night. Let me quit worrying about what everybody thinks about me. Let me quit worrying about buying more and more stuff. Let me quit trying all these things in order to feel good for a while, whether it's drink or drugs or pornography or food or television or fill in the blank. Let me quit doing that for a while and go on a long walk in nature. Or go sit down with someone who, who is important to me and have an eye-to-eye, non-rushed, honest conversation with a cup of tea or something and just sit and talk for an entire hour. Just talk. Not, not about more stuff. Not about desires of the five senses, not trying to get them to like me more, just an open, honest, vulnerable, eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart, loving, kind conversation that I have no goal for its outcome, not trying to get a thing, just a loving conversation. Or go spend time with your child doing whatever they want to do. Play video games with your child, even though, even if you don't like the video games. Instead of them playing video games four hours a day by themselves, maybe for an hour go play with them and laugh, and, and they're, they're almost certainly going to cream you at whatever it is, so that will be even more fun for them. I saw a movie not long ago where there was a grandfather, about 75 years old, and uh, he was having a conversation with his son, and he said, oh, oh, I'm late, I've got to go. The grandfather was saying it, and, and, uh, and his adult son said, where in the world do you have to go? And he said, I have a video game lesson with my grandchild, and uh, had the biggest smile on his face, and, I, and, and I'm sure they had a fabulous time. But do something meaningful that, that, that increases your relationships, your love, joy, peace, that is based on those six-year-old values of, of helping people, of doing something that makes a difference, of contributing, of having fun, of laughing, of crying, of learning something new. Of, of, of becoming better and better instead of just staying stagnant in your life. 
So how do you do that? Well, you know what I'm going to say. Go sit under your tree this week and take your pad of paper, and, and, so, and if you need to refresh yourself, go back to the healing codes, either the book or the manual, it's in both, and say, okay, unhealthy desires of the five senses. What, what do I have a problem with in there? And write it down and rate that problem zero to ten. Unhealthy desires related to stuff that money can buy. Where are my issues there? And write those zero to ten. Unhealthy prideful desires. Write those down. Write those zero to ten. Okay? And then get the codes out and start healing those. Okay? So that those zero to tens go down so that you're not obsessed with stuff anymore. So that you can get off those unhealthy desires of the five senses that are dominating your life. So that you can forget about what people think of you and just live and be authentic and, and who you are. And if they like me, they like me. If they don't, they don't. But I'm going to live in truth and love and let the chips fall where they may. I'm going to quit living these double lives of being one thing externally and another thing internally. Then decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to get up off the couch. I'm going to cry a little every day, laugh a little every day, learn something every day. I'm going to run everything I do through the filter of, is it the loving thing to do for the next 30 minutes in my life? And if it is, then I'm going to have at it. And I'm going to have a ball doing it. And I'm going to hold nothing back. If it's not the loving thing to do for the next 30 minutes, then I'm going to try to find something that I can do in love. That doesn't mean that you have that, that everything you do has to be, um, you know, some great act of selflessness to help the poor or the hungry. But you can do almost anything that you're going to do normally and do it in love rather than in anxiety and stress and pressure and fear about how the end result is going to come out, okay? And, and by the way, I specifically picked this spiritual law of nature for the holidays. This is our last cutting edge until after the new year. It, I, I think it is at least. Ken can correct me on that if I'm wrong. But, man, I don't know of anything you could do this holiday period that would be more valuable long-term than this. Go back to those original hardwired values that we all come into the world with, that those kindergartners and first graders have. That, for the most part, they don't care about money. They don't care about all the addiction stuff, although maybe that's changed a little bit in the last 15, 20 years. I don't know. I hope not. They just want to have fun, be nice and help people, do something that makes a difference, laugh, cry, learn a little bit every day. So that's what I challenge you to do. And this, week, this time you've got two weeks because of the holidays. So I would go sit under your tree, take those notes, start healing those issues with the healing codes, 
and then write down laugh, cry, love, learn. Laugh, cry, love, learn. And write down something under each one of those that you can start doing that will start to make your life absolutely come alive like a rose blooming. And it will get you out of the quicksand. And I think you may very well look back at this holiday period as a turning point in your life. A turning point. Maybe not the biggest one of your life, but a turning point. And that would be my hope and desire for you. And as I watch those first-grade career days over that year-long internship, it really did have a profound impact on me. And I decided, you know what? I want to live my life based on what really matters, not all that adult junk, quicksand that we get ourselves into. And I've not always done that real great. And I've gotten some of those quicksand places myself. But I've gotten out of them every time. And that's, that's my hope and prayer for you this holiday period, is for you to get out of the quicksand and living your life vibrantly, fully, in love, learning, laughing, crying.